You are now listening to the Impro Amsterdam podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the final edition, I believe, of this podcast series here at the uh, at Impro Amsterdam, the International Improv Festival in Amsterdam, the twenty uh, second edition. Um, all useless information. What's more important is my guest today, Felipe Ortiz. How are you? Fine. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> uh, you've been here the entire festival so far, right? Uh, sorry? You've been here the entire week so yep. far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how have you been finding it? Uh, I think this is uh, a very uh, cool festival. Uh, one of the oldest in Europe, I guess. And you can feel that. Like, everything is just perfect. Uh, the timing of things, you always know what to do, where to go. Uh, if you have any doubt, there is someone always uh, ready to help. With an uh, answer. Yeah. yeah, shows are great, uh, the ensemble is great, so couldn't be better. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's a shout out to the entire festival organization right there, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, I've heard some horror stories about other festivals where... Showtime says eight, but you know, could as well be nine or ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are from Colombia, correct? Correct, Bogota. Uh, Bogota. Uh, is there an international festival there as well? Uh, with my company, uh, I run there an improv company that is called Picnic. Uh, we run a international festival. It's very small. We get to have. Uh, from two to five international guests and we perform for four days, uh, we try to do workshops, uh, but that's like a little seed we've been planting. Uh, we are in the sixth version, so I think it's a little plant that we need to water and hopefully one day make it as big as this festival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can make the plant grow. It's like planting a tree, but somebody else might sit in the shade. It might <laughs> yeah. Be in your time, <laughs> uh, I suppose. Um, it's a great segue of, of planting a seed because, well, just briefly discussed the state of today as far as festivals is concerned. But um, we're going to talk about you for a little bit um, because you bring something very special to the table, uh, not just this table where we're at doing this podcast, but uh, on the table of the stage, if you will. Um, Everybody was really excited uh, with you guys coming in, and you guys is a picnic, um, and the show Speechless that you performed here. Yep, uh, it's a great combination for those who haven't seen it of not completely non-verbal theater uh, and only music as possible scoring, but there was also silence uh, in there as well, uh, and it's a completely different language I think for a lot of people who watched that show. I think they were very surprised, like, oh. This is pretty much like watching a show in German if you don't know German or, <laughs> or Russian if you don't know Russian. And this eye-opening thing of, hey, this is another tool. Uh, and there are some very distinctive things about that show that I want to talk about. But what I always find interesting is where that fascination started or where you first you know, stepped on the path towards this nonverbal thing. Uh, was there a moment early on in your life where you were like, this is what I'd like to do, just physical stuff? I want to be able to talk with my body. Well, uh, that goes a very long time ago. Uh, I 
All my life I I did sports, different types of sports and was very close to all the things that had to do with uh, the body in movement. So uh, like some martial arts, uh, I really like uh, this thing of working with your body and the possibilities that the body uh, has, no? Mm-hmm. But I never sp- never thought about uh, using like theater as a way of living. Uh, I studied industrial design. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's a far cry from improv. It is, yeah. <laughs> so um, I joined the theater group of the university while I was studying industrial design just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everything started to happen, like uh, there was a gymnastics uh, in the university, so I started to do acrobatics because before I was doing uh, acrobatics, but just for fun by myself, because uh, I did some martial arts, so mm-hmm. I had like this uh, ability. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I ran in through circus, uh, contemporary dance, uh, capoeira so I really liked everything that had to do with the body and then uh, with impro that was my approach because uh, when I ran into impro with I didn't know that impro was something that existed already right so I kind of discovered it by myself through the director of the theater group mm-hmm. that he pushed us to to do improvise scenes and he used improvisation as a w- method for creation but I somehow got involved in that uh, that is one side of it and the other side uh, I remember when I was a kid uh, there was a circus company like a new circus company contemporary circus from Australia that came to Bogota to one of the biggest uh, of the b- uh, big festival that we have there and I remember seeing this physical thing like uh, Chinese pole uh, acrobatics and I was like, wow, this is, I love this kind of show. Yeah. Uh, and that was connected to uh, me remembering uh, Cha- uh, Chaplin's films. And I used to like that because I found found that style very very funny. That was very funny for me. <laughs> it like is physical <laughs> comedy. And then uh, there was a Mexican comedian that it's called Cantinflas and Chespirito, and they had lots of physical comedy. So I was attracted to that. And then one day someone told me, "If you like Chaplin, you will like Buster Keaton." And yeah. I'm like, who's that guy? So I started. Uh, looking for his films and when I discovered Buster Keaton I was like wow this guy (laughs) is amazing and then connecting that to the other story because in that time it was just like I like those type of movies Uh, when I started doing theater and all these things in the university uh, I discovered that all the background of Chaplin, Buster Keaton, and all this physical comedy was uh, had to do with clowning, mm. and that Chaplin was a dancer and Buster Keaton was an acrobat and yeah. all these things. So I was like, wha- "What is this world? What 
this is very like a fantasy world a for mystical, me. So yeah. I started just researching and trying to go inside and suddenly that world kind of sucked me in. And then uh, I quitted industrial design. I did four years. Uh, there was like one year missing to get the degree. <laughs> But I said like, no, this is too this much fun this yeah. is uh, an amazing Omri, world yeah. so i want to quit i want to go to london to study clown with uh philip gollier which is a uh, really uh was like the the yeah, teacher for those who don't know <laughs> yeah so talk well um, first of all i, I, I want to comment on the fact that both that chaplin and buster keaton uh charlie chaplin <laughs> for The very few that might not know his name, I guess. Um, and for me, it's, for me, it was Lauren Hardy, Charlie Chaplin, and then Buster Keaton. Mm -hmm. um, but I always felt like, I guess what I want to say is that I can't believe that is that worldwide for, for a lot of people. That has that far of a reach. Um, for those who maybe grew up a little bit later or aren't as interested in old stuff, Uh, Jackie Chan was also influenced by yeah. Buster Keaton yeah, uh, yeah. hugely. All his fight scenes are, yep. he's not a master of the situation at all. He's just trying to survive. Um, if you watch those side by side, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, when did you quit? Uh, w what year did you quit your industrial design? That was... Uh, like 98, 1998. Mm -hmm. And then you discovered this London Clown School, or did you go on online in the uh, beginning of the internet searching for? I did clown some school? clown workshops before, and one of those workshops was with a French guy, and I was just like talking to this guy, like, please tell me where can I find more information? And the guy yeah. said, like, if you're really interested in this, you should go to my teacher. And said, Who's your teacher? So it's this guy, his name is Philippe Gollier, he has a school in London, uh, and that's the guy if you want to really go deep in clowning. So I had to save money for a couple of years, <laughs> uh, preparing everything, and then things uh, came together and I was able to go to London to study with him. And did you, uh, did you from the beginning have like visions of what you wanted to do with it or was it just a pure hunger for knowledge of clowning? I was hunger. Uh, I was doing improv, I was doing clowning, I was doing contemporary dance, I was starting to do like circus stuff. Uh, and then there was this point where I thought like, I need to make a decision, I can't do a everything. Right. So... I either I go to theater to acting mm -hmm. or I stay in dancing or I stay in uh, circus or design and suddenly like I realized that uh, everything had to do with everything and and in that time there was this first uh, Cirque du Soleil video that got yeah. to Bogota somehow and I watched it And I thought, like, I don't need to make a decision. Uh, everything has to do with everything. Okay, and can be combined into the, one. Uh, that's a door that was, like, open for me. Like, uh, the new circus involves everything. Yeah. So I don't have to make a decision. As much as I do for dancing for everything, uh, will be a tool for either directing or being on stage. And improv is a wonderful tool for clowning, for creation, 
but at the same time clowning is a wonderful tool for impro and circus skills are wonderful for impro so suddenly i realized that uh, no i don't have to make a decision i everything is part of the same world and even industrial design i i design sometimes the costumes for some shows the stage for some shows so I think everything you do, it's pull, putting a little stone in your life, you know, like a little brick in your, the wall of your life. <laughs> you can, you can, <laughs> you're coming dangerously close to a little speech I made at the end of my high school career in front of a crowd. Which is, I use Legos as building blocks. Oh, nice. Basically, yeah, like that, that building thing. I though, love Lego. <laughs> Lego's amazing. Go buy some Lego kits. Um, and real Lego, not the parts where you have three pieces and then all of a sudden it's a Millennium Falcon like real Lego. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, I like that, that it's just pure hunger driving you. I mm. mean, uh, and I think, I think a lot of people can relate to that eye-opening moment of, oh, I don't have to choose. Like, oh, this can be combined. Mm. Or, oh, I don't have to think of that. It's already there. Or, mm-hmm. oh, if that's there, then I can also do this. Yeah. So when did you arrive in London? That was 2001. Uh, and how long did you stay there? I stayed there for two months. Wow. It was a deep clown workshop. It's uh, like an, an, yeah, an intensive yeah, sort of two-month yeah, yeah, period of... A summer school, basically. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And for those who don't know, Philip Gay is like the godfather of clowning. Yeah, actually, right? he's still alive and yeah, yeah, yeah. he moved to Paris, so close to Paris. He has his school there. And some years after, I went to take a Buffon workshop also, there. summer intensive of Buffon with him. <laughs> Where the English word buffoon comes from, if I'm not mistaken. Because, uh, ah, well, that's a nice segue into the different types of clown, because um, a lot of people might have one image of a clown just with the red nose and a big red mm-hmm. smile and, um, uh, and, and, and big floppy uh, yeah. f- uh, shoes. Uh, running around spraying water on people and uh, falling <laughs> yeah. over and tumbling over like this um, traditional circus clown do they yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course we also have pierrot which is also f- a famous one but might not be as well known that that is also a clown a sad clown yeah um is, is, uh, is there a wildly varying degree of clowns because i've heard many like oh no there's four types of clowns or no actually there's eight types of clowns yeah yeah there's a lot of uh divisions you can say uh and very different, uh, like, uh, how do you say, like, uh, lines uh, mm. or influences? Yeah, so uh, like the, the Russian school, for example, yeah. is very specific. Uh, then there's this uh, European, like, English, uh, French uh, sort of theater clown. Clown that's theater. the approach to teaching or to a clown persona itself that the clown has to be precise I think both, both. Uh, yeah uh, but yeah the the russian school is uh, with a lot of makeup and these uh, what you said like big costumes and wonderful physicality and subtleness and poetic and and then the other one is a bit more theatrical more close to a human character uh, and then, for example, in the United States and Canada, there's, I, I don't know exactly, I'm very deep this, but uh, mm-hmm. there's another line of clowns that comes from the, like a, a character from the tribes there that was kind of the clown. Uh, 
I think the name is Henyoka. Mm. So it was this this uh, person in their tribes that was uh, like a sacred person and was uh, the objective was to make laugh, uh, make people laugh. So uh, I think there's a lot of uh, places where this com comes, uh, but uh, yeah, the normal structure is the white clown and the august. Yeah, like the the clown that knows and has a high status and the lowest clumsy status. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's not good to to get stuck with anything. Just uh, get no. I, th I think that might be a great explanation as to why there's so wildly varying numbers of these are as many clowns as there are. Yeah, like, no, because it keeps evolving and. Uh, clearly, as everybody who was here at the festival uh, on Wednesday saw, you weren't wearing any makeup, uh, so you're not—you don't fall into the category of a circus clown. Oh uh, yeah. Um, however, yeah, there's a lot of crossover, of course, between clowns when it comes to physicality because they can't use words. Um, is there a specific reason? Have there ever been clowns that have used words, or has that always just been no? We need to be—we need to speak to everybody here. Uh, I really don't know. Like, uh, there's the whole variety of clowns clowns that speak, uh, they, they use words, others they don't. So but what do you think is, is the common thread? You, I think you may have touched upon a little bit as the person who makes everybody laugh in, in the tribe or uh, the jester at you know, the mm. court of the king um, who was there to j just to maybe alleviate things or just to be there for pleasure or yeah, is, th is that always the role of the clown or kind of? I think the, the clown or the comedian uh, we the, we have a, a very special mission in society. Like uh, I think uh, nowadays, with all the our reality, with all the wars, with all the social problems that are happening in the world, and for example, I come from a country that was affected, but by, by a very strong violence during a lot of years, uh, all the cartels, uh, all these things. And we've been now more or less 10 years of uh, peace, you Relative can say, peace, or, yeah. or a transition to a new Colombia. Yeah, to a new, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, as human beings, we need to laugh and it's healthy to laugh and so to survive and to be able to live with all the things that we have in this planet, the, the bad things I think is very important to laugh. So if by chance uh, you get to be one of these persons that make people laugh, uh, I think uh, we are lucky that we have that mission. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we make people laugh and and not just laugh, just uh, uh, travel through different emotions and make them go away from reality for an hour that the show lasts or, or through workshops or through what we do. So I think, uh, yeah, the, the, these type of characters, the clown or the improviser, uh, they or we, uh, we can talk about things, uh, uh, say things, uh, 
try to make people think about things that maybe they don't think that often or realize things or just say like okay yes we need to do something or just uh it's good to laugh <laughs> it is good to laugh mm. it's, it's wonderful to laugh and um at the end of your show there was a wonderful death scene and at the moment i realized yeah that, that that's one of those things that like i feel clowning or nonverbal uh, theater can do so well is just trigger something uh, or, or get to something deep inside of you, maybe a memory or uh, yeah, something sad that happened or something happy for that matter, but in this case, something sad that happened um, and allows you to be like, it's okay, you can let that go now or you can um, feel that feeling with, with all its, its intensity right here in this space uh, mm -hmm. with us, like it's safe. Um, what was beautiful about your show is all the movements are, of course, very measured um, is that something that you feel is lacking in improv or um, should be, or is, well, maybe it's just fine. Maybe you think, eh, some, some, some people are very measured in their uh, approach to moving on stage. Um, I feel like, you know, like there's never a movement too much with a clown. Uh -huh. uh, and improvisers may move too much sometimes. Is that something that you worry about or uh, see? Yeah, of course, because I work in that field, uh, I'm always aware of what people do with that. Yeah. So I I'm really I realize what my question actually is because okay. as I'm saying, <laughs> I was trying to formulate it. Um, what is your starting point as an improviser? Is it thought or your body? Uh, the body. Like I really work on the impulse. Um, to let your body lead instead of yeah. a, a brain impulse, and then your body thinks like, yeah, "Oh, this is what I should do." It's not from the head. Uh, and in my workshops and everything, I try to make people not think too much, just feel and go. Yeah. So I can say it's a physical impulse, but something more uh, uh, in the core. Mm. Uh, follow your impulse, uh, but. It's not uh, just uh, mental spontaneity. It's more something from the heart, like yeah, mm. more of a gut. You instinct. feel it, go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I always look for what what is happening with other improvisers and how they deal with imaginary objects and spaces. And of course, from my point of view, I would like a little bit more than about that more development. But at the same time, is uh, I'm very happy to see the, and it's very important to have a whole variety of styles. No? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to sing well, and when I see people, improvisers doing like musicals and singing very well, I'm just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be one of them. Uh, so but I guess this, yeah, uh, there's still goals in life. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's good. Because um, well, when you say God, uh, you mentioned that you uh, did martial arts. What kind of martial arts? I did some Aikido, mm -hmm. uh, some Kung Fu, right. and Capoeira a lot, <laughs> like four I, yeah. or five years of Capoeira. I did uh, Judo, a uh, little bit of uh, Taekwondo, but in both instances, I've, uh, certainly with Judo, I realized that all the training went towards when you're in a match with somebody or yeah. a fight with somebody or however you want to call it. 
that everything that thought should be completely out of the window and it's just reacting to the other person's physicality of yeah. what they're doing and yeah. reading what they're doing so the mind is completely taken out of it but your hands and feet are feeling how they're stepping how fast they're stepping how yeah. whatever uh, and what that meaning is if they're aggressive if they're laying low if yeah. yeah and is that very, is, is that kind of the same as clowning you would say uh, if you're doing it together with somebody yeah of if you're course on stage? I, i wouldn't label it as clown just clowning uh, i would uh, open it clowning impro uh, any or almost any stage art or mm -hmm. performance art uh, when you work with someone or maybe i'm just thinking now like i will open it to with whatever thing you are doing with someone else that's important yeah uh, and uh, is this like kinesthetic uh, feeling like uh, being aware like a fifth cent uh, uh, like a sixth sense or six yeah, sense or seventh there's a lot of more yeah, senses yeah. than the five but yeah like this thing that you perceive with your body with the energy uh, that is very important so yeah for I think it's very clear when um back in in Bogota, you are part of a theater you're founder of a, a theater company correct or yeah uh, I, i have a new circus company yeah which is called lagata circo and the impro company which is called picnic mm. uh, and you've directed some stuff as well yeah is that yeah. right that, that was you uh directed the opening ceremony of the fifa under 20 world championship <laughs> is that right yes Did that's, I read that right? that's right That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's an opening ceremony, man. Yeah, we've done. We did the closing ceremony of the FIFA. Closing. Uh, yeah, and that was a show in a football stadium for thirty thousand people. Uh, I was part of the directing team, mm -hmm. uh, and we did the opening ceremony of the World Games. Uh, that were in Cali in Colombia uh, like three or four years ago also part of the directing team and that is amazing to have like 3,000 people as an audience <laughs> and be able to do stuff for them for example in Cali we had like uh, 150 uh, salsa couples dancing wow. and doing like this uh, massive choreography building like uh, figures or images yeah. while dancing salsa wow so yeah that's, that's where the industrial design comes back into yeah, it yeah exactly <laughs> it's everything is uh, yeah I, j i just wanted to mention that because well a lot of people if they start something It tends to start out of, yeah, just a hunger for knowledge uh, of a subject. But at a certain point, you start to set goals for yourself, maybe. Yeah. And you may start off dreaming very little. But I'm just saying, kids out there, that you can go on to direct like a FIFA opening ceremony or the yeah. Olympic Games, for instance, even if you're an industrial designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, or start out you put that. your own limits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly what it is. Um, Uh, final question uh, is the question that we got from yesterday's podcast. Uh, and it's it's a sneaky question because it's actually two questions. Uh -huh. uh, one is, what would you change about yourself as a person? What would I change? Uh, um, 
I'm a bit shy. Mm. Uh, so, and sometimes I go thinking too much mm. uh, in normal life. Yeah. Uh, so I would change that. I would like to uh, be a little bit more open and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, a bit less shy. That's, yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and think less. That's great. Um, and the second question is, what will you change about yourself as an improviser? Uh, I'm really happy with what I am as an improviser. Uh, I would love to keep adding skills. Mm. Uh, oh, you mentioned singing already. Yeah. So. Uh, actually, last year I took some singing lessons. I'm yeah. really bad at it, but I'm working on it. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the best thing to know is where you're at with whatever skill. Yeah. So like if I somebody says, do you sing? I say, yeah, I sing. I'm not a singer, though. <laughs> it's not yeah. a... I normally say I mm. don't sing, so I don't sing. So yeah, and then well, you maybe you sing a little bit better than people expect. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, Perfect. I I guess uh, I'm studying masks for a while now. So I'm right. I'm just trying to 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 be to take more tools for improve. Yeah, and for me yeah. that's the biggest takeaway of this way too short of a conversation yeah. that we've been having that. Um, Really, like industrial design, if that's what you're interested in, go study it. Like, you can always use it. Certainly when it comes to improv, there's very little out there that uh, I yeah. find that you can't incorporate into your work or your approach mm. uh, to the stage. Um, so if people out there are thinking, clowning seems a little bit ridiculous. I don't want to be that tough. No, go ahead and study it for a little bit. And don't maybe, yeah, don't put on the makeup because you don't have to. Maybe you can use something else out of it. Yeah, of course. Uh, certainly what we've been seeing of you in other shows as well. Uh, one thing that I <laughs> in one of the shows you did uh, a forward roll uh, over a bed, uh, uh, yeah. which was completely in control. And I thought, yeah, he can do that because he knows how to use his body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no, at no point is he in danger. Uh, so even if that's all you take away from it, I think that's well worth it because it was a beautiful moment in the show. Nice. Uh, Felipe, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. I just want to say a yeah, last please. thing. Uh, this festival is a very important festival for me because it was the first international festival I've been to uh, in 2001. And when I came here for the first time, it was the first time I saw improvisers from different parts of the world. Wow. And uh, that festival opened the doors for touring and for growing. So I'm always very thankful for this festival. And being here, the 22nd version is uh, very special. And every time I'm here, you know, like this <laughs> is a very special place because it. I met some people from Belgium and from Norway in that festival, and then they invited us to their festivals and that's how the snowball started. Wow. So I wanted just to, to say that. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, I mean, it's what the festival is for, I suppose. So it's mm. glad to hear it's working since 2001 yeah. <laughs> and continues yeah. to do its job <laughs> uh, in that sense, inspiring people to go on to do greater and better and bigger things. Yep. Great. Thank you so much for this conversation, Felipe. Uh, We're you. off to rehearsal right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have to do. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next year, I guess. Have a good day, night, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Bye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs>